You're listening to an audio sermon from Hope Bible Church in Oakville, Ontario. For more information, please visit our website at hopeoakville.ca. You may be seated, and as you do, please find a Bible and turn to John 15. What a beautiful worship set, musical worship set that was together. I'm so, so thankful to be in church today. Just before we jump into God's Word, I just want to remind you we have our um, GCC Canadian-wide and international conference actually coming up in a couple of weeks. I think we have a slide for that. There it is. And just take a look. Listen, we have over 500 registered. Again, people coming from across this land and um, across the world from internationals. Um, If you want to be there, we want you to be there, okay? We want you to be with us. There is obviously some room left. And um, we would love for as many people as our church. And so the registration information right there on the slide. And uh, it's going to be a very, very sweet time. I'm, I'm very, very personally pumped and excited. Can't wait to be with our mostly Canadian brothers and sisters. We haven't been able to do that in a while. And if you want to serve at this conference, then we would love for you. If you have a passion to bless those in ministry, and it's been a crazy couple of years for all of us. And I uh, think of how many pastors and leaders are struggling and on the verge of quitting And we really, really pray this is a desire to gather together. Don't give up, don't give up, press on, press on. That's our theme. And so extend that to you. May the Lord lead many of you to be a part of this. Again, it's uh, two weeks um, from now, just under two weeks from now. Lord bless our time in that. All right, as I said, John chapter 15, we have two weeks remaining. Well, we'll see how that all goes. But we at least have this day today in our series, First Things First. And this series is so foundational for our church, so it's so important to keep reminding us as to where we've been and, again, where we're going today. So just to recap our series, this should be, again, um, review for you, week number one, all the way back early September, unequivocal authority. We learned about the absolute inspiration sufficiency of God's word. And then week two, unapologetic proclamation. These are the very foundations of our church here at Hope. This is what, again, we start with and move forward with. This is what God guarantees to bless. Week three, unashamed adoration. I pray all of us just experience that in the form of music, but adoration from our hearts to our God who is awesome and holy and so good. That is essential in the heart of every true believer is a heart of worship and sensing the presence of God in our lives. Week number four, unceasing prayer. This is a resolve to firmly believe in the power of prayer. And we exercise that in so many ways in our church. This Wednesday, our prayer meeting coming together, as we've done already here today, before and during. And after the service, praying to our God, the only one who is able to do the things that we desire to see happen. Unafraid witness. Wonderful message, Pastor Earl, last weekend, 2 Corinthians 5. Love that passage. Love that message he gave. A spiritual boldness to share the good news of Jesus Christ as the Holy Spirit. It's amazing how if all these things happen, like the word and worship and prayer, and then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit, like the Holy Spirit never tells us to say, shh, don't talk about Jesus. The Holy Spirit never does that. The Holy Spirit wants us to speak life about the gospel and to take advantage of the opportunities around us. And so this is the boldness that he gives that we are called again to be ambassadors for the Lord Jesus Christ. And then today, this is a message on discipleship. And sticking with our alliteration, we are going to be calling this unrelenting fruit. And here's the thesis right here for all of us here right now. Every genuine Christ follower, every genuine, born again, legitimately saved, alive in Jesus Christ, Christ follower, must, will evidence life transformation. Non-negotiable, no exceptions. 
This is the reality of everyone who's alive in Jesus Christ. There will be unrelenting fruit that is coming from each of our lives. So the passion of our church, again, from the very beginning, has kind of been summarized in this tagline we've said for so many years, uh, lives change for the glory of God. Lives change for the glory of God. When I was a young man and the Lord changed my life and the cult of ministry became very clear, you've heard this before, I tried to fight against it, but once I learned that God tends to win or always wins, and then here I am in ministry. But I remember as ministry began and having no idea, my wife and I were sitting in our you know, basement apartment, we had nothing, we're living below the poverty line, we didn't know what was going to happen, and we're both full-time students with a sense of bit of ministry and looking ahead and saying, Lord, if we're going to do this, If we're going to do this then, let's see lives change for your glory. Would you grant that, oh God, that if we are going to surrender to your call, then let's see lives change because that is the greatest need in our world today. It's not more worldly stuff. It's not more personal accomplishments. It's the work of the Holy Spirit of God through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so may we see lives change for the glory of God. That has been our prayer from the beginning, and I pray that it does not stop. I pray it continues to be, because what else do we need than to see lives transformed for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ? And think about it, this is at the very heart of the Great Commission. Go therefore and make disciples. Make disciples of Jesus Christ. Lives change for the glory of the Lord. And think about it, a true disciple is not saved and then just sits there. That never happens. A true disciple in Christ does not get saved and sit there and just kind of rest on fire insurance. That's not a genuine disciple. A genuine disciple is saved and is instantly placed on the pathway for an explosion of fruitfulness from their lives until they get to glory. When someone is saved by grace through faith, what theologically must happen and does happen, and by necessity through our lives, fruit comes from genuine salvation. So our passion here at Hope, which is 100% backed by Scripture, again, every genuine Christ follower will bear fruit, and I want to strengthen that one more word again. Every genuine Christ follower must, must bear fruit. And much fruit, as we'll see today, for Jesus Christ. Why? It's both a theological necessity and a theological reality. So that is why, again, here at Hope Bible Church, we cannot stand apathy. We cannot stand complacency. I hate it in my heart and life. Because we have one life. Jesus Christ gave us his life. He died for us. And we are called for so much more. So here at this church, if there's things that guides us and principles, and this is why this church is uncomfortable for some, because they want it easy. They want to coast. They don't want to be challenged. They don't want the truth in their faith, and they don't want to be challenged to change more like Jesus Christ, as Jesus so clearly says. And if that's you, this is going to be a hard place to sit. However, if you agree with Christ in Scripture, and you understand Christ has saved you, and you know that the greatest purpose of your life is glory for Jesus Christ, by the fruit that you bear, you will fit in just fine. And I pray you will be used also to encourage others in the same because it's unavoidable based on Scripture. 
Speaking of scripture, John 15, the massive clarity and encouragement of the words of Jesus. Let's look at verse 5. We will concentrate on verse 8. Jesus says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he he it is that, notice, bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. Look at the clarity, church. Look at the clarity of Christ. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. Verse 7. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish. Love this verse. And it will be done for you. And then the heart of our message today, verse 8. By this my Father is glorified. What is it, Jesus? How how is your Father glorified? By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. That you bear much fruit, listen, and so prove to be my disciples. By this my Father is glorified, Jesus says, with absolute clarity, that you bear much fruit. And notice, and notice here, and so prove to be my disciples. Fruit is the emphasis in verse 8. And church, fruit is the emphasis of the Christian life. Fruit is the emphasis of the Christian life. So let's get started from this passage, and particularly verse 8. Point number one, we must bear much fruit. If we are genuinely saved in Jesus Christ, we must bear, must bear much fruit. Verse 8, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Now, John 15, one of the most important chapters in the New Testament, just awesome, just loaded. Every sermon, every verse could be a sermon. Our context here, as you should be aware, is that a branch that genuinely abides in the vine will be, okay, guaranteed, will be a branch of much fruit. Now notice here, no exceptions. No exceptions in John 15, 5 to 8. No exceptions. Every branch that is genuinely attached to, remaining in, getting life by, abiding in, that branch, without exception, will be a branch that bears the fruit of Jesus Christ. Verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, what Jesus is referring to here is the mind-blowing, supernatural union, listen carefully, between him and his disciples. When Jesus starts mentioning grapevines, the vine, the branches, the disciples are instantly, intimately aware of the grapevines that surrounded them so regularly within ancient Israel. They fully would understand the language that Jesus is using as to the intimate relationship of a branch that is attached to the vine. They would completely understand what Jesus is saying. The disciples knew that the branch, its life, its strength, 
and its fruit is entirely dependent on the vine. The branch that is disconnected from the vine will die. The branch that is connected to the vine draws its life, its strength, its sap, its vitality, its fruitfulness entirely by the vine. The branch has no chance apart from being attached to the vine. Therefore, any branch that is connected to, abiding in, drawing life from the vine who is Jesus Christ, it is guaranteed that this will be a branch that bears much fruit. Notice, church, Jesus Christ never lays an egg, so to speak. Jesus Christ, he never delivers a dud. Every single time he regenerates someone by his Holy Spirit and they are born again by the gospel of Jesus Christ, every single time he bears fruit through that life. And there are no exceptions to that either. Jesus Christ never ever misses the mark. Every person genuinely saved will, will bear fruit from their lives for him. Every single time. And notice here, Jesus doesn't want just a little fruit from our lives. Notice twice in our text, that you may bear much fruit. You see, we're the ones who are so content with so little so often. We're the ones who settle for apathy, who settle for mediocrity. We're the ones who settle for lukewarm living. We're the ones who settle for God being one compartment of many others in our lives. We're the ones who settle for so little. I'm the one who settles for so little. It's never Christ. He died for us. He rose from the dead for us. He paid for our sins. He, he suffered the very wrath of God for us. Not so we'll sit around and coast into heaven. He gave his very life that we would see much fruit coming from our lives. That we would love him. That we would pray to him, depend on him, and be used for him. Jesus Christ, his purpose for our lives is not a little fruit. It's much fruit. I was studying this this week and I thought about the parable of the soils. And the seed that falls on the good soil. It produces 30, 60, 100 fold, Jesus says. There's a harvest of righteousness and fruitfulness that comes from those who are genuinely saved in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's so much he wants to do. And loved ones, this fruitfulness is the purpose of our salvation. Ephesians 2 on the screen for you here, I want you to notice this. This is super, super important and very encouraging. Notice, for by grace you've been saved through faith. We are not saved by works. We are saved by grace through faith in the life of Jesus Christ. And just in case you weren't clear on that, look at how clear Scripture is. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, salvation, not a result of works. Is that clear to everyone? Is that clear? Is that clear to everyone? Not a result of works. Why? So that we don't get the credit. So that no one may boast. So notice, we are saved by grace through faith. We are not saved by works. 
But notice this, works are important. Why? Works are not the root of salvation. Works are the fruit of salvation. And so here, for we are his workmanship. We are the masterpiece of God. All of us alive in Jesus Christ, by grace through faith. We are his workmanship. Listen, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Wow! Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, so we are not saved by works, but we are saved for works, fruitfulness. If you are alive in the Lord Jesus Christ, this is what you have to start to try to wrestle down in your mind right now. If you've been genuinely saved in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have been prepared beforehand, before the foundations of the world. You have been chosen. You've been adopted. You have been saved. You have been justified. And you are being sanctified for the very purpose that you are God's workmanship. You have been created for good works to bring glory to his life. We must bear much fruit. There are no exceptions to this for those, again, who are genuinely alive in the Lord Jesus Christ. We must bear much fruit. Secondly, what do we learn about fruit today? Fruit brings glory to the Father. Look at verse 8 again. Look at verse 8. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So there is no greater purpose our life can have than our lives being used to bring glory to the Father. And right here, right here, Jesus tells us this, right? Jesus says, I just love to stare sometimes at small portions of Scripture and just try to wring out as much as possible of what's there. Jesus says so clearly, fruit from our lives brings glory to the Father. At its core, what is this fruit from our lives. Again, think about that. What is the greatest fruit? At its core, how do we define fruit in our lives? At its core, it is an increasing likeness to Jesus Christ. The more we are transformed into the image of Jesus Christ, the more fruit that comes from our life, the more glory that the Father receives from us as we love and change into his Son. The more we look like Christ, the more fruit from our lives, the more glory the Father gets from our lives. Again, I sat on this this week, and the Lord helped me. I was listening to a podcast and just heard a couple of phrases just trigger my mind in certain things, and I've, I've, I haven't thought about it in this way before. Just if you think about the study of glory for a little bit, if you think of Romans chapter 3 here, like if we think of glory, by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. And you're thinking the relationship of fruit to glory well, notice this, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Isn't it? So sin is anti-glory. Sin doesn't bring glory to God. Sin separates us from God. Sin is anti-glory in our lives. Romans chapter 1. This powerful, powerful chapter, when people reject God, reject Christ, reject him as creator, reject the gospel... What they are doing in the hardness of their heart, they are exchanging the glory of God for idolatry. The hardness of human hearts sees the glory of God, hates it, despises it, exchanges it, and replaces it with the pursuit of idolatry for images that will just rot in hell. 
the relationship of glory and fruit. Then I thought, positively now, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Look at this. The relationship of fruit and glory. So we all, with unveiled face, those of us who can see the gospel and alive in the Lord Jesus Christ, salvation in Christ allows us for the first time to behold, to see the glory of the Lord. Salvation, we see his glory. We worship him with our love and life. We recognize him as Savior and Lord. There's no one like him. Salvation allows us for the first time for the veil to be lifted and to recognize that all true glory is found in the Lord God Almighty. But notice what happens. Salvation, we see the glory, but some, from salvation leads to sanctification, which is growth in Christ. We are transformed to Christ. And sanctification, this is so awesome, actually causes us, by the fruit of our lives, to be transformed into glory. I mean, come on now. That is incredibly awesome. Sin, anti-glory, salvation, we behold the glory, and sanctification, we actually begin to be transformed into the glory of Jesus Christ by the fruit that comes from our life and likeness to him. I mean, somebody say amen to that. I mean, it's just, that is just so profound and so beautiful. Do you think fruit matters in your life as a genuine follower of Jesus Christ? The very fruit in our likeness to Christ results in us being transformed from one degree of glory to another. It blows my mind, and this is how the Father is glorified. I just want you to stop and pause right now. I mean, this is a good time. A lot of theology we just laid down here. And I want you to take inventory of your life as I do mine. Fruit brings glory to the Father, fruit and likeness to Jesus Christ. In your life right now, only fruit produced by Christ brings glory. Only fruit for Jesus Christ and by Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ produces glory. What is happening in your life right now? Take an inventory of your life right now. What fruit are you and I seeing from our life right now? I hate to break this to you. Actually, I love to break this to you, but your car in the parking lot is not bringing glory to Christ. It is not. Some of you are like, darn right, man. My car's a piece of junk. There's no glory in that at all. Good, good, good. That's a pretty healthy place. Some of you, some of you, though, would not say that. Some of you would live in such a way where you really are acting like there's glory in that piece of metal or whatever it is out there. That does not bring glory to Jesus Christ. Listen, our personal achievements or accomplishments do not bring glory to Jesus Christ. Anything that we do, that we take credit for, does not result in God's glory. I think when Isaiah says, God does not share his glory with another. He does not share his glory. All glory belongs to him and him alone. I think of all the human achievements over the course of history that ended up as zeros in eternity. Zeros. People spending their entire lives and every affection they have and every ounce of energy resulting in a glory of zero. Nothing. Nothing lasts. Our worldly wealth, success, intellect, or trophies. When it's rooted in us, 
they do not bring glory to Christ. Look at, look at verse 6 now. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. Well, that's kind of sobering, isn't it? Look at that. The, the life, the achievements, the person that is not rooted in Christ, in the end, is gathered for fire. They have failed to abide in the life-giving vine of Jesus Christ, where all true vitality and sap and salvation is found. And if that person continues to cease to abide in Jesus Christ and not believe in him and live for him, then in the end, they are gathered as branches for the fire to be burned. So this is an important moment, loved ones. Do you hear that? Wait, wait, I, I hear something. Oh, it's the phone. It's ringing. And the phone is for you. And many of you have already said it. If you've been here uh, a little bit of time, wisdom is calling for you right now. It's wisdom. And wisdom wants to speak to you today. And wisdom says to us, and just say, wisdom says, are you listening to what's being said? Because this is really, really important. This is a life-changing moment. If you live for your personal stuff, you will have no fruit. But if you abide in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you remain in him, and you draw from him, then that is the fruit that leads to everlasting life. And that is what the fruit that leads to glory of the Father. Wisdom calls right now, and wisdom says, are you picking up what the Holy Spirit is putting down? Because this could change your life. Or will you and I fail to hear and not have any change within our lives? Only fruit for Jesus Christ will last. I always love the poem by C.T. Studd. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. That's a great poem. I really encourage you. You can look it up in full detail. It's beautiful verses and stuff, and the time to read it right now. But only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only fruit for Jesus Christ will carry on for eternity. Hey, so, um, one of the pastors of the church, been able to be pastor here since the church began, and we're family. And, uh, I just want to share with you a bit of my family in the last couple of days. Uh, my dad has been a part of this church. Woo! Okay, my dad has been part of this church for um, this very beginning. My mom as well. They were so faithful and so supportive all the way along. A couple, of, a couple weeks ago, my dad... Uh, was in the hospital with a serious blood infection. And long story short, multiple illnesses um, he experienced, and he was brought to a place where it was very complicated, and uh, he had eventually had to succumb to those illnesses. Yesterday morning, my dad passed away and went into glory. And um, I want to say, because we're a family, and I want you to hear that, and I want you to know... Um, of what is happening, but also just want to encourage you immensely. I'm going to show you a picture of my dad. My dad was a quiet man. Um, my mom's more the talker. My dad was a quiet man. Um, he had uh, deep waters. He's a good man. So faithful. He was one of my best prayer supporters. He loved this church. He loved his family. You know, um, I think about abiding and 
I think about abiding in Christ that leads to fruitfulness. So when my dad, when I was about late teens, my dad doubled down with Jesus Christ. And he decided, whatever happened, I wasn't saved at the time, so I don't know exactly all that took place in those moments, but he, he caught fire for Jesus Christ, and he began to abide in a new way. And I'm telling you, as he attached his branch fully to the vine, fruit exploded from his life. Like fruit exploded from his life to the point where I could not deny what was happening. And that fruit, hey, every life, every life ups and downs, every life joys and sorrows, every life, you know, successes and, you know, some hardship, every life goes through that. And my dad was just a part of that as well. But you know, a couple days ago, he made it. He made it. And he had fruit throughout his whole life. He had a fruit of a man. He left a legacy of prayer. A legacy of reading the word. A legacy of loving his children. A legacy of caring for his wife deeply. A legacy of a relationship with Jesus Christ right till the end. I thank God for that. And you know what's awesome about this too? Is that what I know is that in the end of the day, it's not my dad. It's Christ in him. And as he abides in the vine, then I can look at his body move from this life into eternity. And Friday night we had a chance for all our six family members, four kids, Jill and I. And as he was unresponsive at that time, but he, he looked good. And we gathered around him and we were able to say our words in love, but to understand there's a man of fruitfulness because his Savior was Jesus Christ and because he chose to abide in the vine. Only what's done for Christ will last. And that is just an awesome encouragement and an awesome reality. I rejoice to honor my dad today. And I, I'm really thankful, by the way, too. Like, I thought, should I preach today? And yesterday, I just really talked to the elders and just, I really felt the Lord said yes, at least for this service. And in part, to honor him, but in part to say, man, the urgency for fruitfulness in the Lord Jesus Christ by abiding in him. And in the end, what else do you need? I'm telling you, church, right now, I'm telling you, there's some men here right now. Like, this is your moment. Stop wasting your time. Stop wasting your life. There's some women here right now. Stop letting the world take all your affection and all your time and all your emotions. Stop worrying about the horizontal. At the end of the day, this life will soon be over. And only what's done for Jesus Christ will last. And let this be a massive sense of sobriety, perspective, but also encouragement. This is the Holy Spirit speaking to you. We are called to bear fruit for Jesus Christ, but we must abide in him to do so. It will not happen otherwise. And this, this is when the Father gets glory. He gets glory from our lives. And then what else do you want? What else do I want? This is all that matters in the end. And I said to Jill this morning, I just said, you know, I'm having a hard time trying to imagine my dad right now. But it's a good, hard thing to try to imagine. I mean, just like his present reality Man, it's good to be a life. It's good to be a Christ follower and have life in him, isn't it? It's so good to have the hope of Jesus Christ and the power that that brings. We must bear much fruit. Fruit brings glory to the Father. And thirdly this, fruit proves our discipleship. It proves our discipleship. Verse 8, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. So if we haven't had enough already in verse 8, notice the importance of fruit just went up another level in this one verse. 
So now we learn that genuine fruit in Christ is the actual test or proof that we are true followers of Jesus Christ. So this is the power of the clarity in our text. See, John 15 is just massive. Now, the danger here for some, the danger here for some is like, okay, okay, so fruit for Christ means I'm saved. So I'm going to go produce a lot of fruit. See, the problem with what that sentence is that I'm going to go and produce a lot of fruit. That's where the theology starts to break down. This is where we lead into legalism, right? Where so many people, I'm going to do, I'm going to accomplish, I'm going to bear fruit, and we're going to set up a, a religious ritual system of human behavior, and then we're going to give ourselves credit that somehow God has accepted that. That's the Pharisees. That's not fruit. So be very, very careful that we distinguish between true fruit and fake fruit. Again, what's the context of our entire chapter? You're like, I want to bear fruit. I want to bear fruit. I want to bear fruit. Okay, so what's the context of our chapter? One word, abide. Abide. This is the difference maker in genuine fruit coming from our lives. Abide what? Abide in Christ. Branch attached to the vine. That's how fruit is produced. The branch does nothing. The branch draws from what the vine gives him. The branch is entirely dependent upon the vine. It's not, hey, I'm the branch, I'm going to go produce fruit. No, no, I, I'm the branch, I attach myself to the vine, and the vine produces strength and fruit through me and gets glory because it's him, not me. Abiding is the pathway to true fruitfulness, abiding in union with, living by intimacy with Christ. See, that's why there's too many over the course of history who have worked in their flesh and then said that's fruit, and then they say, I'm saved, I'm in, I'm going to heaven. Jesus has something to say about that, Matthew 7. Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven on that day, many will say to me, I mean, this is, this is sobering, this is Jesus, what he says. He says this in love and in truth for us. Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? Do mighty works in your name? Did we not do all these things? And then Jesus will respond, I will declare to them, I never knew you. Because your works were apart from me, they were not in me. Apart from me, I never knew you, you workers of lawlessness. There's a massive difference between true fruit and fake fruit. Loved ones, please always remember, baptism doesn't save you. Church membership doesn't save you. Morality doesn't save you. Church attendance doesn't save you. Good works do not save you. Grace through faith saves you. But genuine grace through faith in someone's life leads to true fruit. You might be asking right now, what does true fruit look like then? Let's take a look at our context. I love this. Look at this slide here. Love this so much. So bear much fruit. Let's say this is the hub and in the center. What does true fruit look like? Notice, true fruit is intimacy with Christ. Abide in me. It's the greatest fruit you can have from your life is intimacy with the Lord Jesus Christ. That, that is what he wants. Love the Lord God, heart, soul, mind, and strength. Bear much fruit, intimacy. Notice, and my words abide in you. Bear much fruit in the word of God. You cannot bear fruit apart from the word of God. The word of God, again, living and we're growing and being disciple in the word of God. Look at bear much fruit, ask, prayer. 
Look at that, right off the bat. You want to bear fruit from your life? You want to see your life count, bring glory to the Father, intimacy with Christ, the word of God, and for prayer here? But there's more. Look at this, bear much fruit, then you have the love. Abide in the love of Christ, the love of Christ, the worship of Christ, letting his spirit again fill your life. You want to bear much fruit? Obedience. Keep my commandments. Obedience to what he has said. Sin, anti-abiding. Abiding is anything that promotes Christ in our lives. Obedience is awesome in that regard because we love him. You want to bear much fruit? Joy. Look at his joy in you. You abide intimacy, word, prayer, and again, obedience and love, and his joy fills your life. The joy. I mean, I was watching my dad this past week. He wasn't afraid. He wanted to live, but he wasn't afraid. Openly acknowledged a desire to be with Christ. That's awesome. That's, that's what Jesus does. You want to bear much fruit again? Then our joy, his joy, and our joy, and listen, lots of joy, full. Just from this one test, look at, look at what fruit actually looks like. It's not performance. It's not intellect. It's not your achievements and doing work so somehow you get glory. No. It's a love for Jesus Christ, abiding in him, in intimacy, in word, in prayer, in obedience, in love, and joy. And Jesus Christ. Jesus says, if you abide in me, only produced by Christ and only in the Holy Spirit. I want to be clear. This doesn't mean every day you're a 10 out of 10 for Jesus. Just kicking it for Jesus every single day. My goodness, I have hard days. My goodness, I have days I just so discouraged in my apparent walk. But his mercies are new every morning. Amen, church? His mercies are new every morning. And there he was, and he forgives, and, and he loves. Every day is not a great day. But listen, this is what we said in our church for many, many years, too. But if you're a person that hasn't seen fruit in a day, that's normal. In a week, totally normal. You haven't seen maybe some genuine fruit in a month. Like, there's some times where that happens, and we have to get back, and we're backsliding, you know. There might be an extended season where you just haven't seen a lot of God working. But again, if you're legitimate, you'll come back. What we get nervous by, when you start saying it's been a decade, a bad decade is a bad, bad sign. If you can look upon your life and you have failed to see genuine fruit of the Spirit in your life in intimacy and love, and I'm not talking about serving a church. That can be genuine, but that's all that's out. I'm talking about a relationship with Jesus Christ abiding in the vine. If it's been years and years and years, you have to take a really good look in the mirror and say, do I truly know the Lord Jesus Christ? Because every genuine Christ follower must bear much fruit. So here's the question of the day. How do I do this then? Well, we talked a little bit about that right now, didn't we? Maybe you're saying this, where should I start? What should I do? We're so glad you asked. So our response to this message is what we have called for many years now the 5G life. The 5G life. And um, we've taught on this extensively. I'm not going to go through it in detail right now, but I do want to outline and summarize for you the path for fruitfulness here at Hope Bible Church uh, begins and ends with the 5G life. This is the call for discipleship, irrefutably based on Scripture and the words of Christ himself in the 5G life. What is the 5G life? Let me just go through a few things here. The 5G life is basically an essence of time with the Lord and time with his church. This is how fruit is produced. God time abiding in him 
and intentional pursuit of God is the key to seeing fruit from our lives. It will not happen without it. From God time, there's gather time right now. I said to my wife during the worship, the musical worship set, even this morning, it's so good to be in church. If I wasn't here, I'm missing out. I'm missing it. To gather with God's people. I came in, I got hugs from brothers and sisters. It just meant so much to me. It meant so much. I can't do that at home by myself. I can't. To grow in Christ, to be encouraged in Christ, the community of Christ, to gather together as the body of Christ. It is absolutely imperative and essential that we do this as part of God's plan of bearing fruit for him. Group time. This is a commitment for growth and accountability with groups within our church in some form to see discipleship and accountability grow from our lives, again, in that community of believers. And then we have give time, a resolve to steward the gifts. So every person saved in Christ has a spiritual gift to be used. We have resources that God has given to us to steward for his kingdom. We have places that we can serve and resources that he wants us to give. Give time is how we see fruit again as a result of God's time, God's time, group time, and give time. And then we see go time. The idea, the message from last week, again, from 2 Corinthians 5 and Pastor Earl, the ambassadors for Christ, we must take this and then go to see fruit come from our lives for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ and intentionally spending time each year. And of course, locally, every day we pray. But through our communities, to be men and women and children who understand we are called to go, therefore, and make disciples. This is the pathway to discipleship. Let's go to the next slide now. And then again, just to... Summarize our 5G life, intentional pursuit, God time daily, gather time weekly, group time and give time monthly, if not more, of course. This is what we're asking of people here at Hope Bible Church, that you might see fruit come from your lives, go time annually, an intentional desire to see Christ bear fruit. Notice, this isn't a legalistic burden. This is a calling of love. This is not earning favor from God. This is responding to love that he's given to us and love in return for him. We're not earning anything from God here. We are responding to him in obedience and fruitfulness and love to bear fruit. This is a joy to serve my Savior. Let's go to the last slide here. This is the 5G life trade. I've always loved this. I've always loved this. I love how this comes together. You can look at it this way. God time is the roots. It's the roots of our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And then gather time would be the trunk and kind of gives us the support and where we're doing right now. And from gather time, you see the major branches are group time. We have smaller groups of discipleship and we start to see the discipleship increase and the encouragement that is there. And from there, we have give time. Give time. We have, again, the gifts that we want to use and extend. And this eventually ends in the fruit coming from our lives for the gospel and go time and how it unfolds. And this is as clear as we can be. This is the 5G life of how you are, when this happens, listen, you are guaranteed to bear fruit for Jesus Christ. Why? Because God's word tells us so over and over and over again. And we've taught on this extensively in the past. All the resources available online. So many of our classes even right now go through this too. The 5G life is how we bear fruit. Jesus says, by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Let's pray. Father, um, we love you, we adore you. You have been with us today, and you are in us now by your Spirit. We worship you, and we receive, Lord, we receive the clarity of your word from your Son, 
by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. So, we ask then for more fruit by abiding in Jesus Christ. We ask, Lord, you will take this church and fill it with you. Every person, every heart, that even today you might save, even right now, saving people by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And that there would be an explosion of sanctification and fruitfulness from our lives. Lord, maybe those who have wandered away, today is the day you call them back to return. You have personally, you have loved them today through this service. They are overwhelmed by your grace and mercy, listen, and forgiveness. He forgives you, but now he woos you. He says, my child, I love you too much to let you stay there. It is time to return and bear fruit that you might bring glory to the Father. Wander no more. Draw close to Jesus Christ. For some of us, we have wasted too much time in nothing. The fruit of our lives is going to equal zero at this point. It is time to bear fruit of eternal reality, passion, and love. It is time to see the branch firmly and beautifully attached to the vine where sap and vitality and juice and life and strength and glory flows from. Help us, Lord, to do that. Bless your church. Bless your church that you, you alone would receive glory. We are dead without you. But we love to be in you. Help us now as we even respond, Lord, in intimacy and song. In Jesus' name, amen.